and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox so you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar, and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am so honored and excited to have our next guest. She is someone I have known for almost nine years, but you know how you see people a lot, but you don't quite get to know them until you get to know them. I feel like I've really just gotten to know her a bit more deeply this past year when she went on our leadership cruise with us and we've just spent a bit more time together talking about real life things. And whenever she speaks, my heart sinks. I feel like she's speaking truth and love in every way that she can. In fact, she's just come out with a clean keto cookbook. She's been an entrepreneur with our business for about nine years and has a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience because of some difficult situations she's gone through. And and that's what we're going to talk about today. So before we dive into her story, I would love to give a big Dreamcast welcome to Stacey Holier. Thank you, Denise. I am so excited. Me too. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for choosing to come on the cruise that Carla and I did this past year, because I feel like it was there that I got to truly hear you and hear your story. And I was wowed. To be honest, I really didn't know some of the things you've experienced in the past and then how you've made a hard situation transformational, not just for you and your family, but you really are leaving a ripple effect with everybody you encounter. So you have two teenagers and one of them is special needs. And I know this is kind of part of your story. Would you mind sharing with our audience a bit about your daughter, Taylor? Absolutely. I would love to. So Taylor is a happy, healthy 16-year-old, but things weren't always that way with her. When she was three, we started having some complications with bruising and things just weren't normal as far as a typical three-year-old four-year-old should be. And so we did some different tests and blood work. One thing led to the next, and she was actually misdiagnosed with a couple different types of cancer when she was four years old. 
misdiagnosed with cancer. So she never had the cancer. She didn't. No. Okay. So did they treat the cancer then? They treated what they thought was cancer. The first diagnosis they gave her was a bone cancer. And when we went in for a biopsy, that didn't prove to be true. And so they wanted to run some more tests and they thought maybe it was a type of lymphoma. And that wasn't true as well after they tested for that. And so they couldn't figure out what was wrong, but they thought maybe she had an adult leukemia and needed a bone marrow transplant at age four. Okay. And so did they go through with that? Well, we went through with three rounds of chemotherapy, three very different rounds because we had massive complications after each round. And after that third round, she was supposed to be able to go into bone marrow transplant. Our son was a match for her. And we were so grateful (laughs) that did not happen because she ended up, um, they had a surgery to put a shunt into her brain after that third round of chemotherapy. And she had a brain bleed. So when they put the shunt in, she uh, about eight hours later started to bleed in her brain and when the brain starts to bleed, you know, it expands and her, you have two hemispheres. So her brain was actually, the two hemispheres were getting ready to cross. And when they, when there's so much pressure in the brain that they, they merge into each other, death is going to happen. It's not an option. The brain cannot handle that much pressure and, and expansion. And so our only option at the time was to either A, let her go, let her pass, or to B, put her in an induced coma and put her on a cooling mat for two weeks to see if that would stop her, her brain activity, her brain waves enough to let things, you know, the inflammation and and the bleeding to stop. And she's four. She was four at this time Four at the time. Wow. Yeah. So we made a, you have a split second to make this decision. It's life or death. So we made that decision, of course, to intubate her and to put her into a, a coma, an induced coma. And Taylor was, she's always been a fighter. <laughs> and so she wasn't going down. She was not going down without a fight. She was not going into that coma. So it took a lot, a lot of medication and a lot of, of different types of procedures and things to get her into that position. But we successfully did that. We kept her in that coma for two weeks. And she was starting to come out of the coma. We were weaning off the medication and she started bleeding uncontrollably from her nose. And so she ended up that day coding. She had aspirated so much blood into her lungs that it, it, it stopped her from living. And so that was, <laughs> that was a rough day to have your, you know, holding just all I could hold on to was her feet because I couldn't touch anything else, everything, you know, the doctors and medicines and uh, the nurses and the the people in the room doing everything they could to save her life at that moment. And obviously, by the grace of God, she was saved that day. And it took about, about 13 hours to stabilize her and to get her to a point where she we 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 weren't breathing, (laughs) but we were grateful that she was stable enough that she was alive at that point. Wow. Okay. So three rounds of unnecessary chemo, a brain stint or shunt put in with the brain bleed that then triggers a two week coma. Mm -hmm. 
where she came out of it and coded. You, how long was this whole process for you? So we went into the hospital Memorial Day weekend, and that all the co- the code happened a couple of days before my birthday. So it was in September. Okay, okay. So I mean, as a mom, you can imagine your life is just flipped upside down, mm-hmm. and you you don't really know what to do. And the only thing you know to do is to listen to what the doctors are saying. When did you start to realize that they weren't guiding you in a way that was actually helpful? Uh, well, honestly, from day one, <laughs> mother's instinct, mother's gut, you know, just nothing ever added up. Nothing made sense. And I questioned everything. But, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. We, we'd been healthy. We, up until she turned three and, you know, started having some complications uh, with the bruising and things, we really, we, we had healthy kids. So we, we did try to trust the doctors, but we questioned them so much too, because it didn't make sense. And they couldn't give us said answers. They just said, well, we think it's this, we think it's this, we're going to try this, we're going to do this. And it was after that code. And it was about a week later, we ended up um, being able to get a, a trach in for a secure airway for her. Um, because that, that entire week after she had coded, we didn't really have a secure airway. And um, she could have at any moment, you know, the, the tube that was in her throat that was intubating her could have just, you know, done. She's her life would have stopped. And so after we got that secure airway, you know, we kind of started breathing a little bit ourselves and saying, okay, what, what can we do different? Like what this is not working. And a friend of mine had reached out to me and she asked if there was any way that some of her holistic friends, therapist, could do some remote work on Taylor. And I'm like, well, at this point, you know, what we're doing is not working. So anything that you have, I don't know what it is. I don't care. What information do you need? You can do it. You guys can do any kind of work on her remotely. You know, prayer happens remotely all the time, right? You don't have to be next to the person to pray for them and to get results. So I told her she's a nurse, my friend, and we were in Indiana at the time. And so about three hours away from each other. So I said, whatever you need to do, your group, whatever they need to do, what do you need? She needed Taylor's date of birth, full name, exact location and time of birth. And I said, have it, great, go for it. Anything you need, what do you need me to do? Nothing, just be there for her. And we were living in ICU at this time, okay? So, you know, they had pretty much told us we're going to need to really consider pulling the plug because Taylor's not making improvements, you know, after this code, her oxygen, even though we had a secure airway, she wasn't having high enough oxygen stats. Uh, We're probably going to need to look at, you know, pulling the plug and letting her go. My husband and I were absolutely no way that is going to happen. Not going to happen. And, uh, you know, never have, never imagine having that conversation about your child's life, but it was not going to happen. We knew she was going to pull through this. And it was literally with that exact week that uh, my friend, Rosie is her name, started her, she and her friends started doing things, biofeedback and um, different types of uh, meridian tracing and energy work on Taylor. We were literally out of ICU, off oxygen in a week. Wow. Did, a the, do- week. did the doctors have anything to say about that? No. Yeah, they didn't understand how that was possible. So, and they weren't doing anything different. No, nothing. And we didn't tell them what was going on, of course. <laughs> and we didn't know what was going on. We just knew whatever Rosie and her friends were doing was working and to keep doing it. Okay, so do you know now what Rosie and her friends were doing? 
Oh, absolutely. Tell me yeah. more. What were, what were they doing remotely? <laughs> so the first thing they were doing was biofeedback. There's a practitioner that was um, doing biofeedback on Taylor, taking a, a computer and plugging in her, the coordinates of her birth, time, date, that kind of thing, and letting the system run like an entire body scan, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, etherically, running that scan and saying, where are the areas that there's imbalance? Let's send healing energy to this child to bring her body into balance. That was one of the main things that was being done. They were praying for Taylor. They were holding space for Taylor as a collective group. There were about 15 to 20 of them that met every single week. And every day they would hold space for Taylor and that healing, seeing her, even though they'd never met me, they'd never met this child, but they were holding that space as her body perfectly whole and healed. Mm. and envisioning it. And when I say meridian tracing, Rosie showed me this after we got out of the hospital months later. Well, we got out of the hospital uh, about a month later, actually. And then we had to end up going back in a couple different times for different surgeries. But she ended up me showing me this chart, just a chart of a human skeleton. And there, everybody had one and their intentions were this was Taylor. This was a four-year-old child. So let's just take our fingers and trace the meridians, much like Chinese acupuncture. Let's just trace the meridians for perfect health and healing. Taylor needs help and support in her lungs. Let's trace the lung meridian. So Rosie would email me and she'd say, what's Taylor need help with now? She needs help with digestion. Let's just trace the digestion meridian and send love and healing to those parts of her body. Wow. And three hours away, you were feeling the effects of their prayer. You were feeling the effects of their intention. And I love that you mentioned they're not saying get better. They're saying whole. They're mm -hmm. saying perfect health. They're speaking what they want, not saying like disease free or whatever. Because mm -hmm. I feel like the way that you speak about these things can make a difference. Very, very true. As if it's already done. As if it's already done. So mm -hmm. tell me about the last uh, 16 or 15, 10 years really with mm -hmm. Taylor as she's gotten out of the hospital and life is certainly different. Uh, what other treatments have you done over the past decade? So we were super grateful in the hospital to come across a fabulous team of nurses. They were ICU nurses, and they were very, very much invested in their, their patients, the, the families. And one of the nurses introduced me to another mom via email that had started that after her daughter got out of the hospital, had started down a holistic path for healing for her daughter. She was her daughter was in a halo from a car accident. And that type of healing modality was called cranial sacral therapy. She introduced me to a group of, of a team of therapists and they would meet for a week long therapy retreat. They would call it therapy retreat. So it was about an hour away from where the hospital was. We left the hospital and pretty much went straight there. And it's in a group setting. So it's like a big, huge, um, it's called Oakwood Retreat Center. It's out in the woods, out in the country, you know, they have horses and then this huge common area. And they would set up 10 massage tables. And each table would have a different child with different needs or, you know, requirements or things that they needed healing and help with. And there would be three to four therapists with the primary base of cranial sacral therapy. And these therapists would be doctors, they would be nurses, they would be chiropractors, they would be massage therapists, speech therapists, occupational sacral therapy, and healing, helping the body to heal itself. 
And so we actually, over the course of a year and a half, we went to nine different week-long intensive therapies. So not only was Taylor on the table receiving this therapy, I at the same time was hands-on learning, listening, taking in everything these people were saying, doing, teaching, experiencing all modalities with food, nutrition, essential oils, you know, crystals, Reiki, cranial therapy, you know, hypnosis, shamanic, you know, all different types of everything under the sun they were doing with Taylor. And then also we were experiencing as a byproduct. So we went from in the hospital, you know, basically on our deathbed, left the hospital on 25 oral and IV meds. And this kid had a central line, a trach, a G-tube, a J-tube, a PIC line. So it wasn't like she left like, woo, let's go. She left basically comatose in a wheelchair. After that year and a half, I felt like I... <laughs> I went from being, I learned how to be a nurse and a doctor, you know, the year in the hospital to, okay, now I'm in, you know, to holistic healing and health. And I felt like I really had a grasp on, I was fully immersed in the healing world and he, all the different healing modalities, living it hands-on with Taylor, trial and error, what's working, what's not, what works best, when do I need for this? And it just, her whole life, we got her off all those medications in that year and a half and she started coming back alive her personality, her, she was still there. She wasn't able to verbally speak to us yet, but you knew without a shadow of doubt, this kid was still there. Everything in her brain was completely intact. Wow. Okay. So the, the healing modalities, the energy work, the, you're, I mean, basically you're teaching the body to heal itself so much so that her body started to function without the meds. I mean, her digestion was better. She was she eating salad foods. I mean, what physically did you notice throughout those treatments? Well, she started to, I, like I said, I knew she could understand everything I was saying. So I told her to blink once for yes, blink lots of times for no, to communicate with me. So I know that you know what I'm saying. And that was our first way of communicating. And she would, she would make noises like, you know, when she's not happy, you know, like kind of like babies do. And then she would laugh, she would laugh, you know, she's happy, she's laughing and just coming alive. Her personality was starting to come back to her. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I can imagine when you feel like she's, there's a, there's a whole lot of ways you can talk about, right? There's the parent grief and pivot and what do I do? There's Taylor's transformation and growth since being in comatose for two weeks. Um, but I really want to focus on all of the treatments you guys experienced and what you feel like helped her um, make the most progress. And I even I know even in the last few years, you've really started new other treatments that, and you're feeling con seeing consistent growth with her. Yeah. Um, tell me what you're doing more recently. Okay, so over the years, we've always been very open and um, just, you know, how the open communication, God, lead me, guide me, show me where, where's the next best therapy for Taylor? What are we supposed to be doing to, to help her on her healing journey? Because when you have a brain bleed, it, it, the, the bleed affected the entire right hand side of her brain. So there were, there were a lot of parts there, specifically speech and motor that were affected, severely affected. And so it takes a while for the brain to heal. We had met a neurologist, a pediatric neurologist at Amen Clinics out in California. I guess it was about seven years, eight years ago. 
Yeah. And, and he said, you know, Stacy, when you get a cut, you put on a little Band-Aid and that's usually healed within a day or two, right? When you break a bone, you put on a cast and it's usually healed within a few months. When you injure the brain, it could be years for healing. You don't know how long it's going to take the brain to heal. But he did tell us this. He said when she gets towards her teenage years and starts getting into puberty and you start noticing changes and she starts developing into a young woman, you're going to see radical improvements in this child. Because the brain, the neurotransmitters and neurotransmitters and the hormones and the things that start happening in the brain, we cannot fully explain or describe. Just know that this is a huge time in her life. So over the next, you know, seven, eight years, as you're going through different things, know that that you will see the progress, continued progress. You're going to see miraculous progress during that time. So (laughs) it's all divine timing, that's for sure. Uh, What we've most recently been doing is neurofeedback with Taylor. So I mentioned biofeedback earlier, um, which is different than neurofeedback. Biofeedback is um, very much, you know, Taylor hooked up to a computer and um, the practitioner looking at different things on the screen and, and pushing, you know, different buttons for different frequencies to, to send healing things to Taylor, depending on what she needs. Neurofeedback is involuntary. The technology has evolved to where no practitioner has to do anything and Taylor can't control what's being done. It is reprogramming her brain to function properly, rewiring her brain to function properly, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> it is mind-blowing. <laughs> Tell me how it works. What does she, is she still um, yeah. up to a computer? What does it do? This is like the best therapy in the whole world. Like everybody should do this. I can't wait to do it. Brent's going to do it. Trina wants to do it. We all want to do it for different reasons. Um, obviously, Taylor's our, you know, our, our main focus. And, you know, she has the brain that, that we want to help heal the fastest um, and the most. But what it is, it's basically a dance between the computer and Taylor. So there's two little clips on her ears, kind of like grounding clips. And then after she's had an initial scan of her brain, the, um, the, the, the man, I don't want to, I guess, call him a therapist, um, that owns the facility, the Brainwave Center, he actually, you know, is able to interpret and read the scans and say, here's an area we need to start with to help the brain get into balance. So you put two little, little electrodes, little probes, you know, like the EEG, right? Mm-hmm. Little mm-hmm. gooey stuff. You stick that on and then she puts on headphones and she gets to watch the movie of her choice. But what is happening is the computer and this movie and her brain are all in this dance. So, you know, when you're watching a movie, you're listening to it, you're seeing it, the computer will fade out. It will take away the the volume and the picture. The brain immediately wants to correct. It wants the picture. It wants the, the video, the sound. And as it corrects, the program comes in and rewires the brain to function properly on whatever that specific program is. Yes, which sounds kind of crazy, but what does it do? It works for ADHD, ADD, autism, obviously speech difficulties, uh, anxiety, stress, mental difficulties, physical difficulties. All areas of the brains, the brain can be rewired. New pathways can be formed you know, you know, brain, your brain has all these electrons and neurons and dendrites and everything wires and fires together, right? And sometimes those things get broken apart. So it's finding the, the mesh 
and this dance between the computer and the brain. So she doesn't have control over it. She's watching her show. She's having a great time. Headphones are on and it's we, you can watch. You, we've watched the progress. She's had 20 sessions. We're actually going to rescan her today and start the next 20. She said 20 sessions, but you can see from session one to where she was at the end of these 20 sessions, her brain has come into coherence. Wow. It is so powerful. Wow. And she's now 16. So she's getting to that puberty stage where the hormones and things are. I mean, that's happening on its own as well. You can't control all of that. And it also reminds me of the compound effect. You didn't just say, well, four years old, five years old, we'll just kind of sit and let things work itself out and do nothing till she's a teenager. You guys have been consistently taking steps in this direction to heal her brain and provide balance for years, for years. And now neurofeedback has come into your life. You're, you're able to say yes to that because you've been on this road for so long. What physical effects have you noticed with Taylor since starting this? So she is much more present and aware with everybody, not just us, not just her teacher, but everybody. She's interacting like this with people. Uh-huh, uh-uh, no, like this. She'll interact. She'll answer anybody, which is incredible because she hasn't before. She's also purposefully moving her hands to do things. Uh, Just last week, she was scratching her eye, rubbing her nose, which sounds so simple, but it's not something she's been able to do before. So you're seeing physical changes in her as well as thoughtful changes because she's intentionally itching her nose. She's intentionally saying, yes, she can respond. But then now she verbally is responding to you. Yeah, not only to us, but to so many other people. Right. Because communication is what we do. We communicate for every area of our life, our wants and our needs. And she has, not with me, you know, not with dad, but for the most part with everybody else, not been able to communicate her wants and needs for 12 years. That's a long time, especially as a child, you know, and, and she was so expressive before <laughs> she was like a little mini me so she was like running around, running the show. And so it's been an incredible journey, of course, over this time. But I think the, the hope and the belief, you know, she's persevered. She's hung in there, but she can write. She can write in her journal with assistance. I have to hold her wrist. But so we've written journals and journals together. I've, I've held her wrist while she writes all kinds of stuff. But she feels the power in this. She knows that this is changing her brain and she's excited. She's so excited and so fired up for her future and where she's going to be in the next couple years. Because of this therapy and, and all the things that we're doing with her and for her. But this is, this is powerful. And she's never said the word powerful before for any other type of different, you know, therapy we went to. They've all been great. She'll tell me, I'm done, mom. I don't want that one anymore. Or I want more of that. She'll write about it. But this one's powerful. Mm, I can feel it. Like, (laughs) oh my goodness. Okay. So she, it's one thing for the parent to have hope and for the parent to be like, I just, you know, I want my child to be able to express and I want the best for for her, but for her to feel hope as well. I mean, that is a whole nother level of, of excitement and of power. Mm-hmm. 
It is because she she feels that she will achieve the results that she's looking for. She sees this as a modality that's really going to help her brain heal. It's been healing all these years. It has. We have done so many different things that have been fabulous for her. This is like the cherry on top of the ice cream, you know, or the icing on the cake. That's what this feels like. It feels like we've spent the last 12 years building this cake or putting in the scoops of ice cream and it's like, boom, this is it on top. Yeah. Well, and I have to imagine that, again, like you mentioned, it all comes together. You, you're creating momentum. You're focused in one direction for a long period of time. And the how keeps showing up. These, these alternative treatments, these ideas, these let's try this, let's do this. You're getting connected with people who've been there and experienced their own transformation. And, and it just starts to compound on top of each other. And this may not have been going as well if you hadn't done some of the other treatments beforehand. So I'd love to hear a bit about, you know, as somebody who came in and you had to start learning all about this whole new world as well, how has walking alongside Taylor over these past 12 years impacted you? Mm. I'm a completely different person (laughs) than I was 12 years ago. And I am super grateful for this journey. I, I know that Taylor picked me as her mom to go this journey with her for the things that we were going to learn and the lives we're going to impact along the way. And I am so grateful for my toolbox, as I call it, of tools, the therapies that we have done, because I've not only utilized them with Taylor, I've utilized them on myself. I use the different things. I've been on the tables. I've been fully immersed in these types of therapy situations. And it's made me a totally different person than I was. I have so much more compassion and a different depth of understanding of the world, of our universe, and the awareness, and the people that I've been able to share bits and pieces with here or there, that I really feel like have helped them and impact their life in one way, shape, or another to improve the quality of their life or their children's lives. And so it's been so rewarding. You know, my son, when he was a little bit littler, he's a couple years younger than Taylor. He said, mom, can't we just go back to that day and make a different decision? So sissy wouldn't have to go through all of this. And I said, bud, you know, I think about that. But I also think about the journey we're on and who I've become and what I've learned and what I've shared with other people. Yes, I want your sister to walk and talk. Absolutely, I want her to be right there beside you doing all the things that you want her to do. But I also wouldn't trade the person I've become and the things that I've learned in the people's lives, the people that I've met and the lives that, how they've impacted my life and how I've been able to help others through their journeys. I wouldn't trade that, which sounds kind of crazy, right? Wouldn't you think you just want to go back and make a different decision and, and it's all perfect, but then who would we be without the struggles or without the ups and downs? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is true. You often, in the midst of the journey, you know, there can be grief and there can be heartache and there can be why me, why this, ah, but often when you get through it, cause you have to get through it, you can't jump over it. You can't go under it. You can't, you have to move through it. 
you can see the beauty in all of that pain, uh, not just for you, but then for Taylor as well, because when she does get to walk and talk, uh, mm-hmm. she'll have a really powerful story to share. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that on stage. I've seen that kid. I know what she's going to be doing. I can feel it with every cell in my body. And so can she. She can too. She knows. That was going to be my next question. What do you hope for her in the future? (laughs) Oh, well, you know, Denise, it's interesting because at your retreat last year, you had a come as you are 2023 party. And I prepared for that, right? I really started to think about like, where am I going to be in five years? What am I going to be doing? And I, of course, you know, had my cookbook that I knew was going to be coming out, but I also had another book and I had my outfit and I asked God to put the words in my mouth. Like I knew I was going to be doing some things with wellness and, you know, bigger, bigger picture, bigger vision. I didn't know what I was going to say when I showed up to your come as you are party. And when I showed up, the first words out of my mouth, I ran into Debbie Sasek and she said, hey, I haven't seen you in five years. What's been going on in your life? And I said, oh, Taylor and I have this wellness center. I'm overseeing everything, but she's running it all. She's helping these kids heal themselves, Debbie, in record time. She's teaching them things and they are healing fast. They are, they're using these different modalities And stuff I don't even know about what this kid's doing. She's 21 now. And she's running this wellness center for children. And Debbie just looks at me like she is. (laughs) Yeah, she is. (laughs) She is. She's 21 years old. And I over, I just kind of oversee it for her. Make sure she's got the right people and, and places, you know, and things that she needs done. But she's running the show with these kids because of her journey, what she's sharing with them. And that's what I see for her. I see her. She's always been a leader. Taylor has always been the one that's been out there. You know, even even four years old, she was one year old, the one year old on the dance floor dancing, rallying the other kids together. They're crawling by her. You know, she's always been the one running the pack. And I can see her doing that on stages, different places, traveling and speaking and sharing her story and her journey of perseverance and never giving up. And always being committed to those goals and to healing and to healing yourself. And, and again, to serving others and healing others. I see that for her. Mm, it's so beautiful. Does she see that for herself? Does she want to talk and walk and, and give back in that way? Oh, uh, so every year <laughs> we make a list of goals. She has five goals. Those are, that's kind of what she does. Five goals. And at the top of the goal sheet is always talk. And in the past, she's worded it different. I am talking. I want to talk. This year, she just said, talk. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) One word, talk. She definitely wants to serve others. She has, she always writes about kids. My three and four-year-old would go in her room and get clothes that she didn't want anymore. Teddy bears, stuffed animals that she didn't want. Put them in trash bags and say, mommy, let's take these to the women's shelter. There are children that need these things. That's her. Now, that's not my son. My son's like, give me my stuff. <laughs> give me my teddy bear. I want everything that's mine. But Taylor's always been the one to say, let's go help other children. Let's go help other people. She writes about it on her every year. There's something to do either with here. Recently, she's been talking about elderly people. She wants to go into nursing homes and talk with and sit with and, and be around elderly people. 
So that's new. Um, but she does have on her, her goal board to help other children almost every single year in different ways. She likes to do different things at different times. So it's part of who she is. Yeah. I love that that. in the midst of the, the journey, she's still there. You know that she's still there. Mm -hmm. She knows that she's still there and she has hope for her future. Now, one thing you did on the cruise that stood out to me and is something that I will forever always picture is we were we were doing our, our training time. So for two hours a day, we would do a training time. And, and this specific day, there was noise everywhere. They were like lowering the boats, the lifeboats to do safety checks or something because we were at the island. They were just doing maintenance on stuff. And it was super loud. And we... We're trying to be, we're, we were having deep conversations. We were in our room and groups and doing really fun, cool stuff. And I was like, dude, excuse me. We are doing our group time. We do not need it to be loud. And I'm like, we're going to be professional askers. We're going to go ask them to be quiet. And so Carla did. She went out there and she asked them to be quiet. Like, please stop doing maintenance right now. <laughs> Cruise line, you know, and, and, and you said, you know what? This is a really great. Uh, symbolism essentially for life. You know, we're here. We've got distractions right outside our window, literally. And we have to keep focused. We have to keep our personal vision strong. We have to keep what we want more uh, louder, essentially, than what we hear outside. And I feel like you've been able to, to do that with Taylor as well. There's frustrations, there's setbacks, there's doubt, there's fear, there's all of that. But you have had to keep your hope much stronger than any of those things. That is very true. I remember that day. Everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, well, it's so true. It's just a really good symbolism. We all have distractions and sometimes they're loud like maintenance and sometimes it's fear and it's an emotional distraction, but we all have the choice to keep our eyes focused on what we really want instead. And, And I feel like you're doing that. Thank you. I, I do too. I really feel like I work hard at it. I work on myself daily through the things that I listen to, the reading, the meditation, um, just taking some time to myself every day, just to get centered and grounded in what I want. And not every day is perfect, obviously. And there are setbacks, there are ups and downs, there's noise, there's crazy, there's chaos, there's life, you know? But the end goal, I've seen it. I've visualized it. I've felt it to my core. And that, it's like it's pulling me there. It's pulling me that that end goal, seeing Taylor, as I did in a meditation four years ago, seeing her sitting in the swimming pool on the steps and Trey in the deep end going, come on, Sissy, come out here, come out here, get out here with me. And she's never been a swimmer. So she's like, no. And he's like, dive in head first, you know, two feet, he doesn't care. And he's the daredevil. I've seen that. And that pulls me the, the, the therapies and the things that we do on a daily basis no matter what's going on, it, it pulls me to it. It's like you can't help but continue to say yes, yeah. uh, because there is no other option. Mm-mm. Lead me, guide me, show me. I'm going. Mm. And you are not only using what you've learned with Taylor, but you are now holding your own retreats and using what you've learned with other women. Tell me about that. I am. I'm so excited. <laughs> 
You know, much like you, Denise, over the years in, in our business, we have got women together and we've done events and, and held, you know, groups in houses and condos and hotels and, and done different things to, to help people with their journey, right? Mis- mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually. And so this is something that I've been, I, I've been doing for a long time, but not at this depth this level. And it's something that's come about the last couple of years for me through meditations that I, I, I really want to do. I want to create a movement to empower women holistically on all levels. And I know that's a kind of a term that's being used a lot now, but mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all levels, and to help them have the best quality of life in all areas of their life and have tools in their toolbox that they can use on a daily basis. Little things. You know, you can change your, your mindset. You can change your energy in the blink of an eye. Split second. But sometimes we just don't have those tools. You know, or sometimes you're saying, I'm, I've achieved success, but what's next? How do I get to that next level? And the things that I've learned over the years, I feel... I want to give back. I want to, I want to be able to share these with more people. And, and I have been, obviously, you know, I mean, in our business, we've been able to reach thousands, tens of thousands of people. And I feel like this is just that next level to that for me, that next level experience that, like I said, it, it's a movement. It's, it's that ripple effect times 5 million t- trillion. Um, I can just, I can feel it. I can see it. And I, it's just happened. It happened effortlessly. I'll just say that. It just all the information came through. These are the things you need to be sharing, Stacy. These are the exercises. These are the practices. These are the tools. These are the things that these women need. All came through divinely guided. And I'm just so excited <laughs> to sit down and just dive in and experience and love on and just watch it all unfold. Yeah. I feel like when you've learned something as deeply and profoundly as you have, you want to shout it from the rooftops and and you're like, ah, this is so helpful. And again, it's sometimes just a skill or a tool that, that can be learned and can be taught. And you're creating a space for those who are hungry to learn and to grow, to be quiet, to be, to connect mm-hmm. and to learn. And you can't help but be transformed when you're in that situation. So who do you learn from? You, you've gone to a lot of retreats. You've experienced a lot of things. But who are some kind of regulars that you learn from? Absolutely, Abraham. Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks, Tony Robbins. Uh, love some Gary Vee. <laughs> He's crazy. Uh, gosh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden's incredible. Uh, Neville Goddard. I mean, so many Wallace Waddles, Florence Shin. I mean, I just, I love to read. I love to take the information that I learn and apply it in my life. And so just, I feel like there's not just one person that's impacted my life. I'm always listening to audios. I'm, you know, I'm in the car. It's my, it's my rolling university, right? Podcasts are on. Who am I listening to? The Ed Milet show. <laughs> you know, what am I listening to when I'm in the car? The Pam Souter show, the Denise Walsh Dreamcast show. I'm always listening to the people. We're always sharing stuff. And so I just feel like you have to do what works best for you. What resonates with you at any point in time. We're just recently, a group of us are reading time in the bottle 
again. I don't know if you've read Howard Falco's book. I read it like five plus years ago and we're rereading it now. And the depth and understanding this time around is so different than it was five years ago. I'm just recently doing a series every Wednesday night, The Science of Getting Rich, Wallace D. Waddles. Read that book for the first time 14 years ago. And I've read it every year since, at least once or twice. But now I'm teaching it every single week, a few chapters at a time. And it's just like it's the depth is so different. The, the understanding is so much more profound. So I think just staying fully immersed in whatever resonates with you. Just being a lifelong learner. You know, Tony Robbins always says training never stops if you want an extraordinary life. And it doesn't. It doesn't stop because we're here to grow and to contribute. You know, those six basic human needs, the the two that we want to get into the space of and to live by are growth and contribution. And we're always growing and learning ourselves and contributing to others, sharing what we've learned, that that wealth of knowledge with other people. Mm. What I strive for. I love that. You guys will have the list of all of the the <laughs> authors and YouTubes and podcasts that Stacy mentioned, because you're right. I feel like my I thrive when I learn and teach, learn and teach, learn and teach. And if I'm not learning something, I have nothing to teach. And my soul feels like it's dying. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's an element of we do want to continue to grow and we want to have a next step and we want to dig deep and try something new and listen to our intuition and grow that intuition. And, and you can only do that when you're filling your mind with positive things. Mm-hmm. And not just positive things, but like life changing things. When you hear stories of people that have come to kind of their own, the end of themselves or a dead end and they've pivoted and they've grown and they've tried new things. I mean, that gives us all hope that we really can design a life of our dreams because we can pivot and we can change and we can, and you know, in a year and 14 years, you can be in a completely different place. And within five years, Taylor can be speaking at wellness conferences and, and creating her own space for, for children to grow and like so much truly can change, but there has to be a bit on our part of movement of steps of unlocking to allow that to happen. Agreed. And as I'm, as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking of 10, 20 more people that I listen to and I have devoured their information too. And I'm like, I forgot about them, but it, you're so, you're so true. I mean, it's a journey. It is a journey, and as long as we're taking one step forward in that right direction towards our, our end goals and dreams and desires and, and watching them unfold and continuing to dream, continuing to dream over and over and over again. Keeping that personal vision strong, even when there's maintenance going on outside. <laughs> yes, yes, even when the life bolts are, bolts are deploying, yes. Yes, yes, exactly. So one question I have is, is you've been immersed in holistic ideas and balancing the energy surrounding Taylor and, and helping the brain to, you know, what are the words you're really like reprogramming, retraining her brain to have new neural pathways and things like that. Tell me about a time when you felt like, dang it, this was a setback. Hmm. For Taylor? A setback? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it could be for her, but it's probably more emotional for you. I'm not sure if she would make the connect the dots quite yet, but mm-hmm. uh, where you thought like, man, is this going to work? You know, I mean, there's been... I would say a couple of times where we've done like different things nutritionally with supplements or foods and expecting a certain outcome or result from that and didn't get that outcome or result, didn't see 
what we were told we should have seen from it. And so I've, you know, walked away, went, okay, (laughs) that didn't produce what I expected it to, what I was, you know, going into this situation with using different types of nutritionals with her. But I've never felt like it was really a setback as far as uh, I felt like it's just something that took a little bit more time away than could have. You know what I mean? I could have been using that time for something else, but it was a part of the learning process. I kind of look at everything, evaluate the therapy and say, what did I learn from this? What did I learn from giving her the, this combination of nutritionals over, let's say, a 90-day period of time, right? You need to give things time to see if it really worked or not. And I'm thinking of one specifically that was about a year and a half ago, and I gave it 90 full days of a lot. It was a lot every day that I was doing different nutritionally for her. And I look back over that 90 days and I evaluate and I say, it was not time wasted. It wasn't effort wasted. It was learning. And I learned that these things don't personally work for her. Maybe they do for other people, but it was just valuable information for me to say, not that's not, that didn't work. It just didn't work. It's okay. It didn't produce the results. We were hoping that it would, that we were told that it would. So it was part of the learning process. I think that's part of you holding your personal vision so strong. When it's not a smooth ride, it's, I don't even hear you saying, well, we're not going to try this anymore. Like, we'll just, she's fine the way it is. (laughs) You know, there's no sense of, well, we'll just live this way. You know, this is just the new normal. This is just how it goes. I feel like you're so excited about continuing to make and see progress and continuing to give her the best care possible and new up and coming treatments. And you want to try whatever you can to see what will help her. That if something doesn't, it's not like, you have succumbed to, well, this is just the way life goes. And I think that's just another testament of you holding your vision so strong. Thanks. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> We're moving forward. That would moving be forward. No problem. Keep moving forward. Like I said, lead me, guide me, show me. God, show me what's next. Put me in front of the people for the experiences that I'm supposed to have and the information, the knowledge I'm supposed to take away. Show me. I'm open. What have you felt like has been the largest pivots for her? Has it been nutritionally? Has it been energy work? Has it been this brain uh, neurofeedback? What do you feel like has been maybe the biggest thing that propelled you forward? I could say probably four different times, four different things. First off, the cranial sacral therapy, that first year and a half out of the hospital, that completely changed her, her entire life. And what is that? Cranial sacral therapy. Mm-hmm. It's very common. It's uh, light touch, uh, helping the body. You know, when you have a spinal tap, when you have a baby, mm-hmm. okay, that spinal tap, that's cranial sacral fluid. Okay. And that goes from your brain all the way down your spinal column and back up that fluid. There's a rhythm to it, just like there is a rhythm to your heartbeat and to your, your breathing, your respirations. If that rhythm is off, much like if your heartbeat is off or if your breathing is off, body's out of balance. So it's working with that cranial sacral rhythm, that part of your body between the brain and the spinal column to help that get into balance, to put the body back in alignment for healing. Hmm. It's kind of the base of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. But that year and a half, that really propelled us forward into the holistic health world, into different modalities. 
after that, a few years later, we, um, like I'd mentioned, met that neurologist out in California that sent us on a kind of a journey to Cincinnati, Ohio, um, to Dr. Ted Cole. He used to be a Navy SEAL. He's a quantum physicist, Dr. MD that has a holistic practice, all modalities as an MD. We did four months. We spent four months there in doing hyperbaric oxygen chamber therapy and many different types of, of quantum. That's where I learned about quantum physics in depth with him and the books that I would read and the things like that. So that was a huge pivotal point. After that point, Taylor was no longer mad. It's like she had a different understanding of what was going on. Because you got to remember, she's four, five, six, seven years old. Her life was just ripped away from her. Literally, right? But then also like, what's going on here? And we're trying to get our bearings and, and heal through this as well too and heal her and help her. And so... The first year and a half, I think, was great for a family and, and for us to get our bearings. And then when she and I took off to Cincinnati, just the two of us, we, like I said, we spent four months there. It was powerful on an emotional level for both of us and physical level for her as well, too. She could start to feel her toes again. <laughs> she could actually start to see better. So, I mean, it, it made a lot of improvements with her. And then I would say... On a nutritional basis, that's been another big pivotal point is to find the foods that work for her and the things that she feels good with, the things that give her energy, um, staying away from the glutens and the inflammatories and the nightshades and, you know, things that upset her tummy. She can't do any of like the beans or anything like that. So finding the foods, just like any adult, that make you feel incredible, that give you energy and make you feel alive. And then, of course, most recently, like we just talked about with the neurofeedback over the last uh, four or five months, have been a whole nother level amazingness for her. So kind of those four things, I would think. Mm, I love that. Well, and I feel like every time you dive into something, you, again, aren't just saying, hey, good luck, um, doctors, take care of it. You are learning, you're getting like a PhD in all of these different modalities, because you're on the receiving end as the parent trying to fully understand what's happening with your daughter. And, and you're seeing it on all sides. If there's a, a parent out there who has a child who is experiencing either a chronic medical condition or um, has an, has had an accident and a brain injury or, you know, severe anxiety or something that is paralyzing and life-changing to them, what hope would you offer another parent who's going through maybe a similar thing? Well, I've obviously talked to a lot of parents um, over the years, and I think for them to seek out something, you know, I mean, I didn't do 12 things at one time with Taylor, but to start with something. And, and if I'm having a conversation with them, whatever it may, may, maybe it's nutritional changes. And so then to do their research, to do, um, you know, to get with somebody that wants to work with them and their child specifically on that path so that they can see progress, so that they can see there's light at the end of the tunnel. So to find something, one area that they can work on with their child and see that progress. So then what that does is it opens the door for me to say, okay, you know, for them as a parent to say, okay, I feel like I've made some headway nutritionally with my child. What can I do to help them physically? Maybe we, instead of doing, you know, just the regular PT and OT, which is, is fine, it's working great. Maybe I can do 
some chiropractic. Maybe I can do some, you know, cranial therapy. Maybe I can do some hippotherapy, you know, different things like that. So open another door to try something else that maybe they've never tried before. That also will give them that level of, gosh, this, there's something out there that can help my child. Because in today's day and age, it, there's not a shortage of information out there. <laughs> we have access to all the information in a split second. It's just there's so much information. And so just take it back down to what is my child's most specific need right now? Let me address that. Well, I think you're so right because sometimes there's when you have too many options, you don't know who to trust and you don't know what to try. And a lot of times there's conflicting information as well. So finding somebody or something that you trust, uh, maybe you've got testimonies from or you have other people that have experienced results with that practice and doing it consistently so you can truly see for yourself. Because I think a lot of times we'll try something for a couple days and then pivot or we'll stop short or we'll second guess every step and we'll wonder if we should and then we do nothing. And some, sometimes too much information can be paralyzing. So I love picking one and then truly seeing how that impacts and then doing it again. And that's why things start to compound. Agreed. And that's what I feel like I've done along my way with Taylor along this journey is just focused on an area. And then, okay, I feel like we kind of almost mastered that. Like, I've got this down, and let's move on to the next, right? And then the next. And then you feel success. Yeah, and that's important for Taylor, and that's important for you, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for sharing Taylor's story. I know this is just the beginning because over the next five years, we're going to see continued compounding results with the neurofeedback that she's doing and all of the things that you are learning. You are just creating an environment in your home where she can thrive. She can grow. She can connect. And and you're creating a space of healing, like a retreat center right there in your home. And, and I think because of that, that's where the ripple effect will start. And so I know that as moms, when we're going through years of maybe tricky times or second guessing or, you know, wondering, like, I hope you look back at all of this and just know what an amazing and loving mom you truly are. And Taylor is absolutely lucky to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. you guys hang out with Stacy on Facebook. She goes live consistently. She's all about eating clean, putting good foods in our body because our body is designed to heal and repair itself. And so she loves teaching and training on this topic. Her website, stacyholwigger.com will be in the show notes below along with her Facebook URL and as well as her book, Clean Keto. So Stacy, is there anything you'd like to end with? I would just like to say thank you so much, Denise, for giving me this platform to share. I never know exactly what I'm going to say before I show up. I just ask God to put the words in my mouth. But thank you for the feelings, the confirmation, and um, just your heart. Thank you for sharing this space with me in this moment. It feels very good. Thank you. Absolutely. We're in this together, my friend. And uh, (laughs) thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. And we will see you in the next one. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.